on Causing Harm, the Stories of Us case study. From September 2018 to June 2021, I worked as the program manager of the Stories of Us program at a national nonprofit called the Department of Imaginary Affairs. The Stories of Us program offers a curriculum and workshop series to support newcomers to Canada through the process of constructing or reconstructing their story after the life-altering event that is immigration. With their consent, the completed stories are published in the Stories of Us library, which is the first ever ESL library of stories for newcomers by newcomers. The following is an audio artifact that recounts an instance of harm that I caused during my time in this role. It was created and shared publicly in June 2021 as a part of a time capsule of artifacts that were intended to capture and archive the impact of the Stories of Us project. Certain details, which have been documented extensively internally, have intentionally been left out of this publicly shared artifact for the sake of protecting the identities of those involved, and also for brevity. I share this artifact not as the perfect example of acknowledging and repairing harm. There is none. But rather to illustrate an example of the complex set of experiences and feelings that can come with engaging in this process, as well as the potential for doing better that it can open up. Without further ado, here is the audio artifact. Dear SOU, today I want to honor my promise of sharing not just your accomplishments, but also your missteps. You were an experiment, so while there are many things that I may have done differently in retrospect, there are only two decisions that I regret. Both were instances where we caused harm. I don't share this artifact with you to make you feel bad or ashamed or guilty. Rather, I share this as a reminder to you and I that we are flawed and capable of causing harm, regardless of our intention. I share this so that we continue to walk knowing the weight of our steps, that we continue to speak knowing the impact of our words, and that we continue to act knowing that when we can't undo, we are not only responsible for, but capable of, repairing harm in a way that prevents repetition. Your future stewards will learn of these harms in great detail, both because we've documented it extensively and because we as a team have processed them in a way that sears the experience into our bodies. For the sake of this artifact, I will share one of those incidents in broad strokes to maintain anonymity for those harmed. In 2019, we broke trust with one of our storytellers. Let's call them B. I met B through an SOU workshop series that I delivered for their class. B had written their story in English, and when we contacted a volunteer translator to translate B's story into their home language, the translator flagged some concerns that they had. The translator felt that in the story, B was promoting a religious organization that had a complex relationship with their home country's government. The translator warned us that B was using the Stories of Us platform for a political purpose. This feedback caught me off guard. I had worked with B in the workshops and they didn't strike me as having any such intentions. In that moment, 
I let the fear of legal complications for our project overpowered my lived experience of getting to know be the person. The fear led us to getting a second and third opinion from two other people in our networks who shared the same home country and therefore had more awareness of the political context. Both of them shared the sentiment that B was only telling one part of the story and echoed that parts of the story took a politically divisive stance. Again, I struggled with reconciling this feedback with the benevolent human that I had worked with in the classroom. We decided to reach out to B's ESL teacher with the feedback that we had received from the translators and ask for their opinion on how we should proceed. B's teacher did not feel comfortable opining without engaging B and ended up showing the translator's accusations to B before responding to us. B was understandably extremely hurt by the comments and the fact that we were considering weighing a translator's opinion over their own lived experience. While we never intended for B to see the translator's comments, that wasn't the point. The point is that we ask our storytellers to enter into a vulnerable relationship with us when they decide to tell their stories. We put no limitations on what they can share, so long as it's not hateful or discriminatory, and as a result, we are in no place to police the stories that they share. And neither are our translators. As B's teacher pointed out, a translator's role is to translate the content as it is, not opine on its legitimacy or interpret it. In retrospect, it seems so obvious. Of course B wasn't telling both sides of the story. It's not their job to. They're not writing a paper. They're telling their own story. And when you're fleeing from persecution, you pick a side. Their experience is inherently political, as is all of ours. And as the only person on our team that had met and gotten to know B in the workshops, I had failed in my responsibility to advocate for their story to be told in the way that they intended. I had let my fear of all the things that I didn't know, the political context, the legal complications, get in the way of the one thing that I did know that B was a kind and caring human who had taken an extremely vulnerable and brave step in sharing their story. B was the most vulnerable person in that situation, and I had failed to protect them. We worked with B's teacher to mediate a conversation between us. We proposed and validated with B and their teacher the steps that we would take to repair this specific instance of harm, as well as make sure it doesn't happen again. We developed a translator policy that clearly outlined what was within and out of scope for the translator role and invited our volunteers to opt in only if they felt comfortable with that for each story they took on. We took a formal and public stance that acknowledged that the views represented and expressed by the authors in their stories are informed by lived experiences and that it is not our place to validate, invalidate, or police them. Blair, Jen, and I each wrote individual reflections to process our respective contributions to the harm and the feelings that they brought up for us. We then read each other's reflections before processing together. I documented the entire chain of events, including who said what, what decisions were made and why, and our commitments moving forward in a case study that continues to guide us internally. 
With B's consent, I met with them in person to share my personal apology as the person whom they trusted with their story and who should have held their story with more care. B's teacher was there as support. Blair and Jen offered to be there as well, but given that B only knew me, a one-on-one felt more appropriate. As the founders of the Department of Imaginary Affairs, Jen and Blair opted to write a letter of acknowledgement and apology to B instead, which I then delivered to them when we met. We committed to publishing B's story as it was if they still felt comfortable, but ultimately it was too little, too late. The harm had been done, and while we were taking steps to repair, there was no undoing. B's teacher shared with us that, on the one hand, B feels heard and understood, but they still describe their heart as, quote, unquote, broken. They said that they do not have the strength at this moment to go through with the publication of their personal story. They said that they were asked to tell their story, and after careful thought, they agreed. And at this point, they said they feel, quote, unquote, cold, and no longer, quote, trust the process or the project, end quote. (sighs) When I tell you that this experience is seared into my body, I am not kidding. For me, the permanence and irreversibility of I caused harm and I broke trust is and continues to be excruciating to hold. No matter how many times I revisit and remember the ways in which I was trying to be careful and intentional, it doesn't change the fact that I caused harm. Sitting in the worst of that shame and guilt, I remember thinking, I guess this is why most people resist owning up to the harm that they've caused. It's such a horrible feeling. I don't think I'll ever know if B truly forgave us, but I do know that it took me a long, long time to forgive myself. I am a more vigilant caretaker of your stories today because of B, and I would do anything to have not learned that lesson at the expense of their trust and heartbreak. Thank you for listening, SOU. This is a part of our history that I'm not proud of, and it has shaped me and you into who we've become. Both can be true. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.